Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mobile Notary Show. I'll be your host. My name is Kathy Holiday. I am the CEO of Mobile Notary 24-7, and I would like to thank you for joining me today on our discussion of what are the standard instructions that the notary should follow when completing a signing. So now there are several instructions that you, the notary, should be following. The first one I'll share with you is you must provide the borrower with a complete printed copy copy, excuse me, of the loan packet. Now, I know that you have some signing companies um, that say, no, don't worry about making a copy. We'll supply them with the copy. In that case, then fine, you don't have to. But always remember, if you do not supply them with that extra uh, set of documents, if they happen to make a mistake, are you prepared to go out to your vehicle and print that one copy that they made a mistake of. If you're not, you may just want to make an extra set of just the signature page. So you either make an extra set of the entire packet or feel free to make an extra set of just the signature page because it. I've, I've done over 4,000 signings and I can honestly say at least 3,000 they made a mistake. So you want to kind of keep that in the back of your mind that if they do not ask for an extra set, you want to just go ahead and make an extra set of just the signature page. Okay, so um, another one I want to share with you is you must ensure that all your documents are legible and complete. Now, when I say legible and complete, um, you may have accidentally printed a document on a letter size page when it should have been printed on a legal size page. Okay, so you want to make sure as you're going through the documents when they're being printed, I take that extra step and I put a tab on the document that says sign here so the borrower does not go into my section and sign. But in doing that, I'm checking out the pages to make sure that they are legible which means they can read them, and then also make sure that there are no cutoffs. So if you have a total of 102 pages, you want to make sure that it's complete and you've printed out 102 pages. So the next um, instruction I'd like to share with you is uh, make sure that the borrower signs their name exactly as it appears on the document. Now, um, let's, let's use my name, for example. My name is Kathy Ann Holiday. Now, throughout all the documents, you want to make sure that their name is consistent throughout all of the documents. So, in saying that, if they have all of the documents with my middle name, and then the, let's say, the W-9 or the 4506T, the taxpayer's um, form, it just has Kathy Holiday. Now, you again, we were asking for consistency here. So it's always better to oversign than to undersign. So, of course, I would still um, sign my first middle last name because 98% of the documents has my first middle last and they would like consistency. So the next step is um, you want to sign an initial 
and a date, all documents as indicated. And um, when you say that, of course, you're going to sign your name. And then when you initial, again, I do believe I shared this in one of my previous podcasts, is your first, middle, last name. If that's the way that they're, that they're having you sign your name, when it comes to your initial, I have had quite a few signings that I've taken care of where the borrower actually says, well, th- my initials is not K-A-H. My initials is just K-H. That's not acceptable. They have to initial their name as K-A-H, exactly the way that they're signing it, Kathy A. Holiday. Now, we're, we're, we're really not concerned about how the borrower actually signs their name or I mean, how the borrower actually initials their name. Some say, well, I just put a K and an H with a circle. Well, sir, for today, if you don't mind, can you please put the K-H-A in a circle? Because I, I need to, they need to see that middle initial. Okay. Um, next, next instruction I'd like to share with you is um, if you are in a spousal state. Now, of course, you should know whether you're in a spousal state. The, the spouse must sign all legal documents except the note. And, um, and then the reason being is if you're in a spousal state, which I am in a spousal state, Arizona is considered a spousal state. So it's um, community property with rights of survivalship. So if the spouse, let's say that my husband was not on the loan. So the husband will be signing the note. And the, the um, I'm sorry, I'm going to be signing the notes. Forgive me. I'm going to be signing the note because I am on the uh, loan. But my husband is going to sign the deed of trust or sometimes it's called a mortgage in Arizona it's called a deed of trust and only reason for that is if they happen to run the husband's credit the house is not going to show as part of his credit and some people do that because um, let's say that this particular couple are um, investors so they don't want to have one house with both of their names so we'll have one house in my name and then one house in my husband's name. So that way we can say, okay, well, um, this is not going to affect your credit because we don't have you on this house and vice versa for uh, myself. So in that case, I'm going to be on the note, but the husband is not going to be on the note. He's going to be on the deed of trust because it's community property with rights of survivalship. So if anything happens to me, automatically the house is still in his name. He does not have to move. Everything is over to his name only because I passed away. So now the other instruction um, I would like to share with you is you're going to notarize the documents and they must include your signature as the notary, the date, and the notary seal. And then this is something new that they've incorporated for um, 2018. You are to print your name under the signature line. And I can only think is um, some people you cannot read their signature and they have no idea whose notary this is or what your name is. So they're asking you to print your name 
underneath your signature. I've taken the liberty to actually purchase a stamp that has my first and last name. That way I don't have to print each time because after a while of doing, you know, even if you've done three or four signings a day, after a while printing your name underneath your signature line can can be a little bit um, um, time consuming. Okay. And then two more instructions I'd like to share with you is the, la the, the next one is you must return the closing packet in a timely manner. Now, this is something that um, signing companies can be very particular about. And the only reason is because they want to get the documents the very next day. Now, in some cases, that just cannot happen for the simple reason. If you have a signing that's scheduled for three o'clock and you know for a fact that FedEx picks up at 4 p.m., you're not going to be completed with the signing until 45 minutes to an hour, what it usually takes. So that would be around 345, 4 o'clock. UPS or FedEx picks up at four o'clock. In your neighborhood, you should familiarize yourself with the times that UPS picks up and the times that FedEx picks up. That way, when you are assigned a signing at three o'clock and they say they want to have you drop the docs off for shipment today, you can then, before you even go to the signing, you have one or two options. You can tell them this is probably not going to happen because FedEx picks up in an hour and I won't be completed to, with the signing and dro drive over to the location for drop-off within an hour. Or you can say, it's okay that you would like the documents back, but in order to send the documents back the day of the signing, we may need to move the signing up. So please advise if it's okay if I communicate with the borrower and instead of setting the signing for 3 o'clock, may I please ask if they can set it for 2 o'clock. And then they'll get back to you as far as whether um, you should move the signing up or just have the docs drop the next day. Okay? And then the very last instruction I'd like to share with you is you must return this signed and completed document with the closing packet. Now, they have a um, instructions for the agent form, and you have to initial all of these standard instructions that I just listed here. You have to initial, and then you have to sign at the bottom. Whatever you don't initial, that's going to be a problem because out of all of the instructions that um, I've listed here, all of those are doable, and all of those, that's majority of what your signing companies are going to be asking you if you can do, and if you cannot do these standard instructions or complete these standards instructions, they're probably going to pull you from the signing. So these are standard. They're very easy to follow. So just remember that in um, completing this, you have to make sure that you initial the standard instructions and then make sure you sign the bottom. That needs to be included with the um, signing packet that you send back to the signing company. So I do hope that you found this very helpful. Please feel free to leave any comments. Please feel free to share and like my podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Until the next time you guys have yourself an awesome, awesome day. Stay focused and stay blessed.